Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Great song. Great offertory. It's great to be here this morning. I trust that you are ready for God's Word. Luke chapter 8 is where we're going to be. We're started, uh, starting a new chapter here. Luke chapter 8. Uh, we're going to start reading at verse 1. Luke chapter 8. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. Who is him? Who are we talking about? Jesus. Okay, Jesus Christ. And certain women which had been healed of spirit, evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Shusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground, and sprang up, and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? He said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth, and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. The title of the message tonight, or this morning, is The Value of Seed. The Value of Seed. Let's pray. Lord, I ask you now that you'll be with the preaching of your word. Lord, thank you for all those that are here. They don't have to be here. They chose to be here. Lord, I pray that all that we say this morning would bring glory to your name. Lord, I ask you now to please forgive me for my sins. I do not deserve to stand up here in my own goodness or my own power and ability because I have none. Lord, I ask you to please help every heart to receive the seed, the Bible, God's Word. Lord, I pray that you would help me to say only what you would have me to say. Lord, for those guests that are here, thank you for having them here. 
appreciate them being with us. Lord, help us now as we've come to the most important time, and that's the time when your word is opened. In Jesus' name, amen. Christopher Circe was playing basketball with his friends on May 16, 1998, when he was shot in the chest and a bullet perforated his aorta. His friends helped him get to within 40 feet of the entrance to Ravenswood Hospital and then went inside and asked for help. The hospital staff refused to help Christopher, saying that it was against the hospital's policies to administer aid to those outside the hospital. Eventually, a policeman was able to get a wheelchair and wheeled Christopher into the hospital where he was helped by the hospital staff. It was too late. Christopher died about an hour later. You know, many times it seems that churches are surrounded by people that desperately need to hear the gospel. But many times Christians are content to share it with only those that manage to come in. Let me say this. I do not believe that Central Baptist Church is one of those churches. But I do believe that we as believers, if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, I do believe that it could come to that point in our individual lives. You see, Central Baptist Church, when I say that, is made up of believers. Many times we can get comfortable to where we don't, we don't forget or we don't remember that the lost is, is most times outside these walls. But we get comfortable in saying, oh, well, if, if, if they can just get into the church, then they hear the gospel. When in truth, we preach Christ. Every Christian has the ability to lead someone to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's the truth. That's the truth. You know, I've heard conversations, and many of you have told me even, of conversations that you've had, maybe with a coworker, a family member, a friend, about uh, that you've talked to them about salvation. You know what? That encourages me more than you'll ever know. Why? Because you are sharing the hope that only Jesus Christ can bring. Jesus is going through the area, looking back at Luke chapter 8, and it says there in verse 1, He went throughout every city and village doing what? Preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And He had people with Him. We know that. Let me say this before I go any further. Wouldn't it be wonderful if every person that we talk to about salvation, wouldn't it be great if every one of them trusted Christ as their Savior? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful to know that every time I talk to someone about their need for Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that they would trust Him as their Savior and they would get to spend all eternity in heaven? Wouldn't that be great? But that's not reality. It's not reality. In fact, if we were honest, a lot of times we would say, yeah, pastor, in truth, very few people that I have ever talked to have trusted Christ as their Savior. 
So you know what? I sometimes get discouraged, and why would I even tell them? Why would I even? Because chances are they're most likely not going to be. They're not going to trust Christ. Folks, never stop. Never stop telling someone about the hope that is only found in Jesus Christ. Because salvation isn't found in anything else. Salvation is not found in good works. Salvation is not found in giving money to a church. Salvation isn't found in attending church service. We know that. Salvation, and and, uh, this will be the last Sunday that our flags are up for our missions conference that we've had. And if you go, (coughs) excuse me, to any of these countries, no doubt they are, uh, many believe in their religion that gets them to heaven. But in truth, the, the truth is it's only Jesus Christ. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is going around preaching and teaching the truth. And I so wish that every time someone was under the sound of the gospel, they would trust Christ. (coughs) Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils, and thy name done many wonderful works? Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You know, we've been talking about in the last several, several services, and last week had missions conference. Uh, we've been talking about Uh, We've been focusing on the giving of the Word of God to others. Sharing Christ with others. That's our responsibility and it's also a privilege to do so. That's something that's unique about being a believer. Is that because Jesus Christ lives in our hearts, we have the ability and the opportunity to to take someone to what God's Word says and show them how they can trust Christ as their Savior. It's a great, wonderful, unique ability that we have. We get to share the very words of God to someone so He can convict their heart and let them see their need of salvation. But everywhere Jesus went, He drew a crowd. Most everywhere, except for whenever He, he separated Himself for a time of prayer. Uh, Jesus drew a crowd. Okay, he, he drew a crowd everywhere He went. He's traveling through the region preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. We see there in verse 1, there's some people with Him. Verse 1, it says, And the twelve were with him, the disciples, but also said that there were uh, some women, a few women that were with him. They were helping support and uh, minister to Jesus. We see there Mary Magdalene. Uh, she was uh, freed of seven demons. She came from, a, uh, from the area, sort of the western shore of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, Joanna, one of the wi- uh, a wife of uh, one of Herod's administrators, we see there. And then there's a lady named Susanna, and nothing else was known about her. In fact, this is the only time she's mentioned is, is this account here. She's mentioned this time. So, but there's three, obviously, for there for reason, and they were named. And it said, and were, uh, which, verse 3, which ministered unto him of their substance. So these three ladies were separated out in giving their names uh, in order to help minister to Jesus and maybe help in whatever way that they could, they were able to help 
uh, with the ministry. So Jesus now begins uh, again to teach them. He begins to teach uh, using a parable. He's going to teach some, the, the folks there these important truths concerning the receiving of the Word of God. <clears throat> Jesus drew a crowd. He didn't have to have the newest program. He didn't have to have the newest um, uh, whatever the case may be. The truth brought people. The truth brought people. Now, those that were with Jesus, not everyone believed in Him. Not everyone trusted Him. There were some that were there to, uh, to make fun of Him. There were some that were skeptical. There were some that were, ah, I sort of believe it, but I just want to see more. There were some that were curious, but then there were some that believed. There were people coming from every city. Many people there were in attendance. But just like whenever the truth is spoken today, when God's Word is preached today, as we read on Wednesday night in Acts chapter 28, and some believe the things that were spoken, and some believe not. Now Jesus is fixing to speak here a parable, uh, and He's going to speak this, and this is going to be a revealer of man's heart. Man's spiritual heart cannot be seen. But Jesus in His wisdom gives us a picture, several pictures, through this parable that depicts what man's heart looks like. Let's look at verse 5 as he starts in this parable. Okay, uh, This parable is a, uh, an earthly story that has a spiritual heavenly meaning. It is a, it's a great illustration is what a parable is. They're great illustrations. Look at verse 5. Let's read five, six, uh, 5 to 8. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. The sower, the farmer, went out to sow the seed, which was a common occurrence. Listen, in Jesus' time here, He was preaching and teaching and He used a parable that every single person there understood. They understood what it meant to sow seed. That was their livelihood. That That was life. No food, no eat. No food, no life. Okay? Farmers and those of you that plant gardens, we understand that. We? Did I just say we? I've stepped foot in the garden before. <clears throat> Years ago, <clears throat> um, I would help my grandparents. Uh, they would put out a garden, so I would help them. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed a lot about gardening. Um, and so I understand the importance of, of seed and getting it out in the right time and making sure the garden is, pre- is prepared. But this is what this farmer did, this sower. Uh, they, uh, the people understood this. The sower, well, let me notice a couple of things here. Okay, this is, I know very simply, but look at verse 5. There's a couple things here that I want us to notice. Number one, the sower went out. The sower went out. How easy it is for us to not even go out. I'm not saying on a specific night for, I'm just saying sower used action. They they went out. They had what needed to be done and they did it. You know what? Let me let me apply this personally if I can. I'm going to apply this personally publicly. How easy. 
comfortable it would be for me as pastor even of Central Baptist Church to stay in my office and study, to stay in my comfort zone, to not even do what I'm supposed to do. The sower went out, made a choice, didn't he? Very simply, folks, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, are you making the choice to get out, to go where you need to go, to do what you need to do? And it says then, it said, uh, he went out to sow, and there's the action. You know, it could be that the sower just went, went out and looked at his field. Yep. Boy, I hope we can get the harvest in this year. I hope someone comes along and sows the seed because I'm going to be getting hungry. No, he went out and he sowed. And folks, let me tell you something. This is, this is the great thing about God's Word, is that even in the simple, right at the very beginning, before the parable even really starts, there's a lot of valuable lesson right there. So let me, let me ask you folks, are you getting out and sowing? Are you speaking? Are you talking to others? Listen, as believers, this is our responsibility. This is what we're here for. We preach Christ. Speaking the truth in love. We are to be, and please bear with my, my uh, folly of an illustration. We are to be SOS, sowers of seed. SOS. What do you know as uh, what do you know SOS as? It's that international code for extreme duress, an urgent appeal for help. The boat is going down, and they send out an SOS. You know, contrary to what I thought, uh, SOS doesn't stand for anything specific. Those letters SOS does not mean save our soul or save our ship. It does not mean send out uh, uh, um, uh, uh, search and you know, like a search, send out to search or anything like that. You know what SOS very simply was? It was the easy letters for the Morse code to be transmitted. That's what SOS stood for. It was easy letters for Morse code to be transmitted. But it had a purpose. There was an urgent need. Folks, let me tell you something. There's an urgent need today for the truth to go out. There are some that we have no idea how close they are to taking their last breath. And God may use you or I to be able to share Christ so that they will spend eternity in heaven. How many of you, by a raise of hands, are thankful that someone told you about salvation? Oh my, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that I'm not out floundering, out drowning. I am so thankful that God sent Jesus Christ his only son, to die on a cross for you and for me. Are you thankful for that? You know, in speaking this parable, Jesus emphasizes the type hearts here that seed will fall on. Now, that's what we're going to take a look at. Number one, <coughs> look at verse five. This is some seed fell by the wayside. 
And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. The soil here, this soil, this parable was the heart that has been hardened. The seed was, was thrown out, but some of the seed fell on soil that was, that's been hardened by the trampling down of the dirt, by uh, maybe by foot being walked on, maybe by cart, by animal, whatever the case may be, the ground was hardened. Now, I know it's hard to understand this in East Tennessee with our rich, black, soft soil. <laughs> in fact, I don't know why there's concrete companies here. The ground is hardened. We all know this. We understand this. Do we not? We, we all understand this. I brought an illustration with you, with me. This is Kentucky 31 grass seed. We sow the seed, some soil would land on hardened soil. Uh, uh, some seed would land on hardened soil as hard as this right here. It's hard. It will not penetrate. Some seed fell by the wayside, the side that has been hardened. It could not penetrate because of the hardness of the soil. It could not penetrate into the ground, therefore allowing birds to come along. Has anyone ever sown grass seed and seen birds in their yard? All of a sudden, you've got a whole flock of birds in your yard. They're eating the seed that's still on the soil. Why? Because it's not been able to penetrate. Hosea 10, 12. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up, the, up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. Some seed fell on the hardened soil. Look at verse 6. And some fell upon a rock. Meaning, not rock as in uh, boulders, rocks. That is talking about uh, a, a rock that has been covered over slightly by dirt. The, the, the dirt is very thin. It's a very thin layer of dirt. And so some soil, look at verse 6, and some fell upon a rock. As soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. The seed would spring up quickly because when it rains, oh, it's instant. There's dirt right there. There's dirt. Uh, there's water that maybe after even it has rained has, has, um, has gotten trapped on the rock that's underneath the dirt. So, for, for a time, the, the, the seed is uh, getting some nutrients. It's getting sun. It's getting some water. The water has been stayed upon the rock, but there's that thin layer of dirt. The rain fed the seed. The seed grew, but the seed withered away because the water was gone quickly. There was constant feeding of the water, or, or there was no constant feeding of the water or protection of the dirt to enable long, fruitful life. This is, remember, this is, Jesus is teaching them through a parable, okay? He's not explaining it yet. He's just laying it out there. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Listen to this. <clears throat> Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Look at the next verse. The next type of heart. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. The seed sprouted, but was quickly consumed 
by the stronger thorns. Why is that? Why, is, why does Jesus use this picture in the giving of the seed? Why does He use thorns? Because thorns take up an incredible amount of water and moisture to survive. Therefore, taking the needed nutrients out or away from the seed for it to survive. The thorns absorb it. They, it gets all the water it needs not allowing the seed that's been sown there to survive. And then lastly, and I'm so thankful it didn't stop after three. I'm glad there's a fourth explanation. Look at verse 8. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. This seed found its way into good ground, ground that was healthy, ground that was ready, that was prepared for the seed to grow. This seed, this ground had all the right ingredients for growth. It had proper soil, it had proper moisture, and it had proper sun. The result of the seed falling on good ground is found in a harvest, and it said there in some even a hundredfold. Psalm 1, 2 and 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. And then look at the picture again that Jesus gives. And he shall be like a what? Planted by what? Rivers of water. That does what? Bringeth forth fruit in his season. And look at the result. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's what God's Word does. That's what God's Word does to each of us. When we plant our life in God's Word, in the soil of God's Word, then we, He feeds us. He gives us exactly what we need to grow strong, to grow in, in what God wants us to grow up into, do what God wants us to do. Why? Because God's Word is alive. God's Word, this is not just words on a page, folks. This is God's very words. Do you treat God's Word that way? Do you treat the Bible that way? Can I say this? I'm not as thankful for the Bible as I should be. Because you go with me to some of these countries and they find a page of God's Word and you're dead before lunch. You take, they find a Bible in your possession and you will reap the consequence for it. But yet, go to my office, go to my home, and we have several copies of God's Word. No matter, God's Word is alive. And God's Word has the ability to help us grow strong. You know what? There's nothing wrong with the seed. You know what? There's nothing wrong with this seed right here. There's not one thing wrong with this seed. There's not one thing wrong with this seed. Nothing. The problem is found in the soil where the seed falls. The heart of man. You know, we are all to be sowers of seed. S-O-S. There's an urgent need. 
There's nothing wrong with the seed. The error is found in the soil. So let's go to verse 9. Now Jesus is giving the reason for the parable. He goes through the parable here of the sower and the seed. Now he's going to give the reason for it. Look at verse 9. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? Jesus, what are you meaning by this? What's the benefit? How is this going to help me? What's the reason for the parable? Well, let's look at verse 10. Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. For For you, disciples... There's some things that are maybe a little bit harder to understand and know that you're going to be learning. But to others, they're going to learn in parables. It's easier for them to understand when it's done this way. That seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. You know, Jesus had a reason for everything He did. He had a reason for everything He did, everywhere He went, everything He said, everything that he believed on, Jesus had a reason for it. And that reason is found, I believe, that reason is found back up in verse 8. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is saying, folks, you need to listen with your ears, but don't let it just stay there. It's got to fall down into your heart. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of Christians that hear the right thing to do, but it never falls down to the heart. There's some here that, that you know with the, your head, oh yeah, this is exactly what should do, but there's not the heart knowledge. Jesus says here, listen up. Listen to what I have to say. And folks, let me tell you something, that reason is no different today. Jesus is preaching. I don't ever want anyone in this room, I don't ever want any, I don't want everyone, any, any Christian, period, to say that they do this, this, and this because their pastor said to do it. It's got to be because that's what God wants me to do. Do, do you agree? It's got to be personal. It's got to be, it's got to be, it's got to be what I want. Teenagers, let me tell you something. Right now, you've got to obey mom and dad. Why? Because you're supposed to obey mom and dad. You don't have to like it. You don't have to understand it. You have to do it. Okay? But there's going to come a time in your life, teenagers, wherever you're sitting, there's going to come a time in your life that you're going to have to live your life the way God wants you to live it. Mom and dad, the authority of mom and dad is going to be removed, and then the only authority that you're going to have is with God. That's why right now it's so important for for you, even your age, to spend time in God's Word. I'm not saying you've got to read a whole book. I'm not saying you've got to write papers on it. I'm just saying you've got to know what God says. When you're wondering about what well what should I do with my life? Then go to God's Word and pray, Lord, what would you have me to do with my life? What do you want me to do, God? I'm willing to do whatever. Adults, 
It's no different with us. God's word is valuable. There is value in this seed. There's no problem with this seed right here. The seed has everything it needs to become blades of grass. Did you realize that? Has everything it needs in and of itself in being a seed. Now, it's going to need some uh, water and it's going to need some sun and and those are things that we get into. But the seed, there's nothing wrong with it. Jesus is teaching immediately after telling the parable. If you notice, He doesn't go straight into explaining the parable that He just spoke. He stopped first and said, Listen. Listen to what I have to say. Don't blow it off. Don't look at the clock and say, oh, it's almost time. Pastor's going to be done. Stop and listen. What is my responsibility, Lord? What can I do? How can I give the seed out? And then he goes in to the explanation, to the explaining of the parable, verse 11. 11 to 15. Now the parable is this. Listen, he says. The seed is the word of God. By the way, those by the wayside are they that hear that then cometh the devil and taketh away the words out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy, and when and these have no root which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. Jesus is now explaining to the disciples, is explaining to them the meaning of this parable. The sower is the Lord Jesus Christ or the believer that is used to share Christ with others so that others can trust Him as their Savior. That's the sower. That's that farmer. 1 Corinthians 3.9 For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. We are laborers together. You know what? Have you heard the old saying, many hands make light work? Folks, that's why... A church is so important because we can share. We, can, we all have a responsibility to give, and to give out the seed, to share the seed, to encourage each other, to invite someone to come to church so they can hear the gospel, to talk to someone. That's all of our responsibility. But when then we come together, we can pray for one another. We can encourage one another. Whenever you've had a rough day out in the field, then we can build each other up. Then the seed is the Word of God. The Word of God. 1 Peter 1, 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Colossians 1, 5 and 6. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit 
as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. God's word is truth. Aren't you thankful you can trust God's word? How many of you can trust everything a person says? No. Go to the bank and say, I would like to borrow $100,000. Okay, sure, we'll give you $100,000. And and you hold your hand out to shake their hand. There's no bank ever going to do that anymore. There's no one ever going to do that. How many of you have made a deal with someone maybe in the past and you took their word on it and now wished you hadn't? Has that ever happened to anybody? Yep, now we're all laughing and saying, why did I say I would sell them that lawnmower? I hadn't seen them yet. They took my money and got nothing out of it. Man is only as good as... Teenagers, let me help you. Be a person of character with a good word. Can I encourage you in that? If you say you're going to do something, do it. Do it the best you can. And don't go to the bank and ask for $100,000. The Word of God is truth. In 1985, for the first time in more than 50 years, Congress authorized the issue of official U.S. government gold coins. Beginning in 1986, these new coins came on the market. Each of these American eagles, as they are known, is guaranteed by the U.S. Mint to contain the stated amount of pure 22-karat gold. They come in a tenth, a fourth, a half, or one-ounce sizes. And buyers around the world trust these coins because they trust the promises of the United States government that the coins are what they claim to be. But when it comes to the Scripture, we have something far more valuable that can guarantee us the truth. We have the promise of Almighty God that His Word is perfect, His Word is pure, His Word is powerful. You know what God's Word does? Okay, you know what the seed can't do? The seed can't change the soil when it's just laying there. But you know what God's Word can do? It can change and prepare a heart to receive the seed. Whenever the seed, whenever God's Word is given onto a heart, then the Holy Spirit can take over and convict and to draw that person to Him and help prepare the heart to receive the truth that needs to be received. Isn't that great? Isn't that awesome of what God's Word can do? Don't misunderstand the value of God's Word. Why do you think God's Word says it will not return void? Let me, let me apply this. Husband and wife that's struggling in a marriage, go to God's Word. Pastor, I've read God's Word and it didn't help me. God's Word can't help me in that situation. God's Word can't help us in this argument. God's Word can't help... Yes, it can. If you have the heart that would allow it to. You're struggling with discouragement. You're all discouraged about your work 
You're discouraged about a family situation. You're discouraged about your finances. Whatever it is, you know what? Go to God's Word. And with a heart that's ready and that's been plowed with a heart that's ready to receive it and to apply it, it will change you. That's the power of God's Word. Psalm 12, verse 7. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Talking about every word of God. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. The grass seed contains everything it needs to be a seedling, but totally depends on the perfect blend of moisture, warmth, oxygen, and light. These are the ingredients that's found. If you look on the back of this bag of grass seed, there's instructions on what to do, how to do it. There's a process that needs to be done in order to get the fruit or grass seed that you need to grow. There's a process, and so it is in our own life. Spiritually, the seed is God's Word. There's nothing wrong with the seed. The seed has everything it needs to do what it needs to do for us. But here's the one thing that's true. The seed will never bring forth fruit unless it's given out. There's nothing wrong, I said, with the seed. But now I'm changing that. What is wrong with this seed right now? It's still in the bag. Folks, how many of us are too afraid to give out God's Word because of what someone may say? We're all excited when someone comes to know Christ. Folks, let me tell you something. If you're here this morning and you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, I want to tell you this, and I'm telling you this with all love, If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you've never asked God to forgive you of your sins, repent, turn from your sins, and ask God to live, to come into your heart. If you've never done that, you can do that today. You can do that today and know that you will spend all eternity in heaven before you walk out those doors today. But if you choose to say no, and you walk out those doors, and something happens this afternoon, and you take your last breath on earth, you will spend all of eternity apart from God in hell. I do not want anyone to spend one second in hell that was never even intended us. Folks, there are people that all around us that could and may and I hope so trust Christ as their Savior. We just have to get the seed out. We just have to get the seed out. We just have to get God's Word out. We just have to share them. We just have to share it with others. Can I tell you something? I am so thankful to be part of Central Baptist Church that has a burden for the lost. There's some churches all over America that that they might not even say, say it, but maybe actions don't show that. 
Folks, I want to encourage you this morning. Don't keep the seed in the bag. Don't keep it to yourself. Give it out. Give it to others. Give God's Word to people. That's what they need. That's all they need. They're not on this earth to have a retirement plan. They're not on this earth to have vacation. They're not on this earth to play sports, to go to college. They're here because God lovingly created them. And because He lovingly created them, He also lovingly gave them a way that they could spend all eternity with Him in heaven. And that's through Jesus' shed blood on the cross. I close with this illustration. In George Foreman's book, God in My Corner, you know the George Foreman used to be a boxer. The former heavyweight boxing champion writes, In 1974, before I went to Africa to fight Muhammad Ali, a friend gave me a Bible to take along on my trip. He said, George, keep this with you for good luck. I believe the Bible was just a shepherd's handbook. Or, let me back up. I skipped a sentence. A friend gave me a Bible to take on my long trip. He said, George, keep, yeah, keep this with you for good luck. I believe that the Bible was the uh, shepherd's handbook, probably because the only verse I knew was the Lord is my shepherd. But I was always looking for luck, so I carried the Bible with me. I had luck. I had lucky pennies. I had good luck charms. So now I added the lucky Bible to my collection of superstitious items. After I lost the fight, I threw the Bible away. I never opened it. I thought, the Bible didn't help me win, so why do I need it? I thought I'd get power simply from owning it. I didn't realize that I needed to read it and believe what it says. Since then, I've come to understand that the Bible is my road map, not my good luck charm. You see, he thought that as long as he had it, it's all he needed. I've got the Bible. But it wasn't until he lost the fight that he realized that he needed what was in it, not the fact that he just owned it. Folks, are you living what God's Word says? There's value in the seed. The seed is not the problem. The problem is that the seed is not getting out maybe like it should. This morning, everyone look right here. And I I don't really know how to end this service. But let me close in asking you a question. If you trusted Christ as your Savior, when's the last time you grabbed a handful of seed and gave it out? When's the last time that you have shared the truth of God's Word with someone that needed it? When's the last time that you have prayed 
for that one that God's got on your mind right now, and it's a co-worker, maybe it's a family member, it's a child, maybe it's one of your kids, when's the last time you've given out the truth of God's Word? If we truly believed that God's Word will not return void, I would give this out more. But I let life, and we're going to go into this tonight, we're going to finish the rest of this message tonight, but I let everything else take the place of doing what I'm supposed to do. If God has placed someone on your heart, here's what I'm asking. If God's placed someone on your heart that as far as you know, they have not trusted Christ as their Savior, I'm going to ask you in the time of invitation to specifically pray, Lord, please give me this very week an opportunity to talk to them in some manner about salvation, about their need for not living their life on their own and figuring it out on their own and trying to be good enough, but to give them the truth, very simply, it's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Will you do that? If there's someone here this morning, that that would be in your category, that if you walked out those doors and you had no idea what was about to happen, if you walked right out those doors on your way to go eat, you were involved in a car accident that took your life, where would you spend the next moment? Where would you wake up? Where would you open your eyes? And if you can't tell me, I know that I'm going to heaven, you can know for sure by God's word. Not by me, I'm a nobody. But you can know from God's word how you can know that you'll spend all of eternity in heaven. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If God has spoke to your heart this morning in some manner and saying, the Lord has brought someone to my attention, the Lord has challenged me, Pastor, I would like to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass anyone, I just want to pray for you. If God has spoke to your heart about Getting the seed out. Would you slip up your hand? I would very simply, I'd love to pray for you. I see those hands. Others? Good. If you have sat here this morning and you, you don't know for sure where you would spend eternity, I, would, I, I'm, I promise you I will not embarrass you. I would like to pray for you as well. If you do not know where you would go when you die, would you slip up your hand right now just so only I can see it? I'm the only one looking. Anyone? I would just like to pray for you generically. Anyone? Lord, you know the hearts of each one here, including mine. Lord, may I recognize that there's value in the seed. Lord, there's value in God's Word. Lord, please help me to give out God's Word faithfully, not just behind the pulpit, but to those who need it that I'm surrounded by in my everyday life. Lord, I pray that you'll help me show the love of Christ to others 
in my life. Lord, you spoke to hearts this morning, and I pray that they would act accordingly. In Jesus' name, amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed, let's all stand as the piano plays. If you feel the need to come up to pray here at the front, then do so. However the Lord has spoke to your heart, would you come? Would you do business with the Lord? Maybe you want to pray right there in your seat for that one. Maybe you'd like to come up front and pray. Maybe you'd like to pray that the Lord will give you opportunity. Just do business with the Lord this morning. Would you come? Lord, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross to give us a way to go to heaven. Lord, I pray that every believer in this room will be thankful for that. Lord, I ask you if there's someone here this morning that they do not know for sure. Maybe they're just uncertain. They didn't want to raise their hand or come forward. Lord, I pray that you will continue to draw them to you, convict their heart, because you love them. Lord, I pray that you will guide us and direct us this afternoon. Bring us back safely tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's great to see each.